Christian spiritual tradition often talks about spiritual warfare. But I think for the average Christian, this idea of being involved in a war, being part of a spiritual war for their soul, it seems like a foreign concept. You know, there may be certain times where we experience an intensity of temptation and we're aware that there is something we have to fight against. But most days, it's just ordinary. It's just boring. It's going through the motions, saying your prayers, trying to think about God, trying to be good. How do we discern the battle? How do we start to understand where is God at work in our lives and where is the enemy pulling us down? There's a quote I came across many years ago. You can't remember the author, but it very simply said that the easiest way to win a war is not to defeat your enemy on the battlefield, but to destroy their will to fight. And it's so true that if we actually came against uh, an intensity of attack, it would wake us up. You know, we would start to become more attentive to the battle. We would, we would start fighting back. But there would be so many times where we're being lulled into a slumber, a false sense of security, a sense that everything's going well, we don't need to do anything, we just need to keep on being happy. Maybe this is exactly where the battle is being played because our will to fight is being destroyed. In the spiritual tradition, one of the great saints who has left us an enormous legacy is Saint Ignatius Loyola. Now, Ignatius was a fighting man. He had great dreams of making a name for himself in, in battle, of becoming heroic and having songs sung about him for his great adventures and, and triumphs. It all went very badly. In the pursuit of glory and vanity, he ended up getting seriously injured in a battle. And a number of those that he had convinced to stand in fighting with him ended up dying. So he walked away from that battle with a lot to think about. And that started a journey of conversion for him, which took many years, a number of years, where he, he had an initial conversion on his sickbed. And then even in his initial attempt to pursue God, it was still coming out of a, an arrogance or a vanity. And so God had a lot more to break down in him. Ignatius found himself wanting to stay overnight in a small cave on his journey but God had other plans. He ended up spending many months, I think about 11, if my memory serves me correctly, sitting in a cave, going through an intense spiritual battle, having to face his own demons, having to wrestle with the real horror of what he had done, of what his sin had done in his life and the lives of others. And then through the midst of that, encountering the presence of God, the God who was mercy, the God who would transform him. In many ways, what Ignatius went through was no different to countless other saints. It was just an intense conversion. The difference was that he spent time reflecting on his experience, 
because he wanted everyone else to experience what he had gone through, or, or at least to learn the lessons that he had discovered. And so he left us this great legacy, which became the spiritual exercises of Ignatius. And, and within these series of meditations, he left us what became known as the rules of discernment. The rules of discernment have basically given us a very simple way of understanding how we navigate the battle that we are part of. If we are called to persevere in faith, then we also need to be very alert and attentive to the battle that lies before us. So this is where really Ignatius has left us an enormous treasure. Now, in trying to explain the rules of discernment, we need to be very clear first up that this is not about discerning your vocation. Very often when people are trying to discern their vocation, they think that the rules of discernment are going to be like a simple equation that will pump out their life choice at the other end. While there is part of Ignatius's meditation which helps you to discern your vocation, what he refers to as the rules of discernment are very specifically about discerning the, the good spirit or discerning the bad spirit. And really as a way of identifying where is the enemy very subtly trying to pull you down or just take you out of the battle, remove your desire to fight. So what I want to do in the context of talking about perseverance and, and, and walking the journey of faith, I want to try and explain to you what this actually looks like. And very aware that I'm basically going to break this down as simply as possible. If you want to try and understand the rules of discernment in depth, there are thousands upon thousands of websites on the internet produced by pretty much any Jesuit who has ever lived explaining what these rules are in much greater depth than I can ever do. So this is rules of discernment for dummies. But what I want to try and do here is just open you to a bit of an understanding of the very basics of what you need to be aware of. There are 14 rules. The first two are the most important for any beginner in who desires to basically follow Jesus. What Ignatius basically points out here is that if you are living a life of sin, the devil is going to be very calm and patient with you. The devil wants you to stay as you are. He does not want you to start taking your faith seriously. And so the enemy is going to allow you to experience every pleasure, every delight, every comfort, as long as you don't move out of your place of sin. Whereas the Spirit of God is going to do the opposite. God wants you to move. He wants you to come out of sin and into life. And so the Spirit of God is going to start pricking at your conscience and disturbing you constantly. Now, the second rule is the key thing to understand. That when a person decides to start to follow Jesus, when they make a conscious decision to live their faith seriously, these roles reverse. 
the enemy does not want you to leave behind your life of mediocrity or sin. And so the enemy is going to suddenly turn up the volume and disturb you, make every possible obstacle, every possible distraction in your prayer. There will be trouble in your family. There will be disturbances at work. He's going to basically try and threaten you saying, if you follow Jesus, it's going to be like this for the rest of your life. Go back to where you were and behave. Whereas the Spirit of God is now going to be very gentle and very quiet with you. The Spirit of God is going to be really presenting a consolation, a sweetness, but it's going to be very gentle. So whereas originally the devil was quiet and God was loud, now the devil is loud and God is quiet. This is the first stumbling block for most people because they make a decision to start praying seriously and following Jesus and they feel like God's abandoned them and they, they can give up at the first hurdle. I remember very early on in my own conversion, someone making the comment that if you want proof of the devil's existence, give your life to Jesus and then sit back and watch what happens. And I have to say in my own life, that was very true. There is something very real about this initial rule that Ignatius puts forward. And as I say, this is the point where so many people hold back. Now, Ignatius talks here particularly about initial conversion. When a person is living in mortal sin, the devil does not want them coming out of that place. But I would suggest that there is actually something that ongoing about this initial dynamic. If you remember back in a previous episode, I tried to explain St. Teresa of Avila's vision of the interior castle. She tried to explain the spiritual journey as a series of layers or steps going deeper into desire, deeper into commitment. And I think I may have mentioned in that episode that some spiritual writers suggest that most people never advance beyond the third layer. Because at that point, the commitment becomes too great and the resistance becomes too great. That at every point in your spiritual journey, when you decide, I want to go to the next level, the enemy is going to ramp up the resistance. He's going to increase the volume of disturbance and distraction, basically because you become dangerous to the enemy's kingdom each step you take along the journey. It is so much easier to keep the average Christian in that level of mediocrity, you know, where sure you believe in Jesus and you pray, but don't do anything more than that. Because if you, if you start to advance, you're going to start to become dangerous to the enemy's kingdom. We need to really discern what those disturbances are. And, and realize that that should actually be almost a form of encouragement to us. The fact that we start to encounter resistance, we, we are discerning the presence of the battle. And that should actually fire us up to realize why this is so important. It's so important that we understand how this works. Ignatius is trying to teach us how to discern 
these interior dynamics that we're experiencing. That maybe the silence of God is not the absence of God. Maybe the fact that the enemy is getting loud and these distractions are getting stronger actually should be something which is almost encouraging us because it's a sign that we're on the right track. You know, if, if we're experiencing opposition, it's because we're heading in the right direction. In the next episode, I'm going to try and break this open a whole lot more with one of the most important concepts for the whole spiritual life. <laughs>